And now I want to welcome into the studio Jane O'Sullivan from Community Law and Mediation. Good morning, Jane. Morning, John. Thanks very much for coming in to us this morning. Now, we uh, just explained to the listeners, it's Community Law and Mediation, but it was originally the Law Centre, wasn't it? Yeah, so originally um, it started off as um, Kulak Community Law Centre. It was based in Northside Shopping Centre. Yeah. Um, and it's initially started off in 1975. Uh, it was set up by a group of lawyers at the time who felt that the legal needs of um, people in the north side weren't being met. There wasn't enough services available, um, and because of that, people's uh, people weren't able to enforce uh, their their rights. And um, so this year we've celebrated our 40th year in operation. Um, so it was a big it was a big milestone stone for us and you produce you actually produce a video and it's a I looked at it and listened to it and it's a great video yeah so yeah we're going to play a few snippets from it so would you comment on uh, some of the snippets absolutely after played them? yeah so um you're actually a human rights organization isn't that correct we are yes yeah yeah we um i mean we we work in the, the areas of housing social welfare employment equality debt um and uh you know all of those areas would very much um engage people's human rights um like your your right to privacy, your right to um, rights like your economic, social and cultural rights, which include your maybe your right to a home, um, your right to education, all of those types of things. People, you know, we very much focus on people's rights to fair procedures. So, for example, if you have a social welfare decision against you, um, what we will do is we will look at the decision with people and we will make sure that they got fair procedures in the hearing of the decision and in the making of the decision. So likewise when it comes to um, any any decisions that the local authority might make in relation to people's housing um, and what we want to do is to make sure that everybody gets natural justice and fair procedures and that things are uh, transparent so people know what to expect in these situations. Right, and I just said uh, to let the listeners know, it's not just a walk-in centre, sure it's not like uh, citizens information, is it appointment? Well, um, what we do is, the way we operate, John, is that we have um, a free legal advice clinic every Thursday evening here in the Civic Centre. That operates from six o'clock to half seven every Thursday evening. And anybody at all can come in from there. Um, can, sorry, can come in to the clinic. And what we do then is um, we, uh, we then pick cases that we think um, you know that we can help people with firstly and also what we try and do is because our our, our resources are quite limited we try and um, pick cases that are strategic so that we would take a case for an individual um, but when but that case must have an impact for the wider community so we think that's the best way to kind of use our resources. So um, we're going to go to uh, the the video that you, that just made. Except yeah. we we had to transfer it to audio because we're radio, of course. Yeah, thanks for doing <laughs> so, that. So we're going to. Uh, and actually, I just um, like to thank uh, the person who made that video for us. Her name is Ruth Lanigan. She put it all together for us, and um, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a job, I'd say. But um, so I'd like to thank her for that, doing that for us. And it's a great video, and that's available on your website, is it? Yeah. So if you go onto our website on www communitylawandmediation.ie you'll see it there on our homepage um, it's a YouTube video so uh, you can watch it there um, and it's, it's you know, it would be of great interest to anybody 
interested in the area or from the area and um, they probably might see a few uh, familiar faces in the video as as they watch it yeah and it's uh, it's a really it is great video i looked at it myself and uh, i'll be looking at it again so we're going to play this this is the first snippet from that 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 video since so maybe you'd comment on it after this yeah but i think i need to give you a little bit of background i've reared my grandchild from the time he was born however as a grandparent i had no rights his mother was unable to look after him and shortly after his birth she left the city. When Matthew's mother left she had not registered his birth and at the time unless the mother registered the birth first the father couldn't and this meant that Matthew would have had to go into foster care and I was not willing to allow that happen. Just a comment on that uh, Jane? Right, so um, this is one of our clients. Um, just a, a bit of background, um, about two, two, over two years ago now, we opened the first law centre outside of Dub- outside of Dublin um, in the country. Um, we opened that law centre in Limerick um, in, and basically how that came about was um, there was a consultation set up with people living in the regeneration communities in Limerick. Um, and this client, um, we'll call her Josie, that's not her real name. Um, But this client um, was one of the first clients that the Law Centre in Limerick took on. So you heard there um, Josie, you know, telling her own story about how um, and why she approached the Law Centre. So just to tell you a little bit about her story, um, she explained that her grandson um, was placed into foster care when he was born Um, and at that time um, the birth hadn't been registered and because Josie was the paternal grandmother so it was um, her son that was the the child's father she had to fight in court um, to have Matthew taken out of foster care and placed in her and her son's care Um, after that then um, her son so the child's father left Ireland as well and Josie was left looking after um, the child on her own Um, since he was four and a half months old. Um, she had a very good job and she never had to get um, any assistance from the state uh, to help her to look after the child but when he was 11 then um, she lost her job and they really struggled to make ends meet and they were very worried they were going to lose their lose their house um, the grandson was very gifted in school and um, she she was worried that she wouldn't be able to kind of provide him with the opportunities that you know that, that she thought that he'd be well able for um, so at that time then she they were at serious risk of leaving, lo- losing their home and every everywhere they went um, every social we- welfare department sent them from pillar to post and um, so basically she wasn't able to avail of any support for the child because of the fact that she was um, the grandmother and that she was she you know she she wasn't um, an official guardian and um, so when she apl- tried to apply for the guardianship payment she was told that she didn't qualify because he didn't fit the definition of an orphan um, uh, because his mother was still alive even though the mother hadn't seen him since his birth um, so basically Josie came into our law centre we advocated on her behalf at a social welfare hearing and finally she was awarded the payment then in 2014 um, so you know we talked to her afterwards and she said that you know, since that this happened, and the, because of the assistance that she got from the law centre, um, she said she doesn't have the same feeling of hopelessness anymore that she had. Um, the grandson very happily has started college and she said that without the law centre's help that probably wouldn't have been possible um, so yeah so I mean you know last year alone uh, we assisted 3,225 people with legal qu- queries like this one that Josie has been talking about here 
And that, that wasn't a, a recent case, so the son has started college now at this stage. Well, it was recent. It was recent when we, you know, yeah. when when we stepped in. Um, the, you know, basically when the child, um, when she first applied for the guardianship payment, it was in two thousand and nine, and she spent a few years um, fighting for that. And once she was deemed to be entitled to it, she was entitled to the back pay for it as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm. That'll give uh, listeners a bit, a bit of, uh, to, to, you know, knowledge of what sort of cases yeah, you, you exactly. deal with. Yeah. So will we move on now to a, a, another Absolutely, spinach? yeah. Community law mediation has had a very significant impact in this area. Established in 1975 as the Kulak Community Law Centre, it was the original community law centre in this country. And it was set up by FLAC at that time to provide a service to the local community, to Kulak and surrounding areas but also to serve as a sort of a blueprint for how legal aid could be delivered, how a strategic model of legal aid could be delivered in Ireland. Yeah, so that um, that snippet is um, is uh, Jerry White uh, speaking. Um, Jerry is a professor in um, Trinity College. He's very involved in the area of public interest law, and in fact, he's written um, a few books um, on the area. He's been very involved with the community law centre movement from the very start, and he was he's a former board member um, of um, the law centre as well. So um, Jerry explained there kind of how the law centre came about. Um, so, you know, maybe just to expand on that, you know, I'll talk a little bit about the, the different ways that we yeah. that we work, yeah. you know. Um, so, you know, the, the things, you know, that Jerry talked about there that we're trying to achieve, that we're trying to kind of break down barriers for access to justice for people um, who can't afford themselves to pay a solicitor um, and who, for that reason, are not able to um, get the get the results and get the the um, the things that they are entitled to um, sometimes because they don't have the legal training, they don't um, have the language because as you know it's a very you know convoluted the yeah, you know the the, um, the the whole legal language so um, so what we do is we firstly we have a community education program and that kind of through that we try and help individuals and groups within the community to, to understand the law and the legal system um, as well as what it means in their lives and just to kind of support them um, we also provide training to other advocacy organisations um, on using the law to assist people to assert their rights. One of the things that we've we've done in the last few years is a schools project that we've done with um, Chanel College and Mercy uh, Con- Mercy College as well here in Coolock. And with that, what we do is with transition years, we do a course with them about law and um, legal systems and different legal issues like we'll say you know um, social media different things like that that have a real impact on students' lives and we do about six um, weeks of that with them and then we um, a a lot of them then come back and do a moot court Um, so basically we kind of provide a scenario and they have to all play roles so you have you know a prosecution barrister a defence barrister you have the jury members all of that and the moot court then is held out in UCD um, with uh, with a judge Um, so the students get to kind of play that out. So that's one of the community education initiatives that we have. Is that just in case students find themselves in a situation where they need to go to court? Well, um, I think... The, the real objective for it, um, from our point of view, is um, there was a survey done in the last uh, year or so that said that um, there's a there's actually a very low, um, you know, 
a relatively low percentage of people from um, this com- from the community who go to third level compared to other other areas. Um, so the way that we want to kind of help with that is to is to try and introduce students to to the idea of you know perhaps studying law and social justice kind of in the future and try and get people to consider maybe pursuing a career in law and um, that's kind of our objective with with that um with with that initiative so uh, and the other things then we do are we do our law reform work so we will um lo- we will kind of campaign um to government on different new pieces of law that are coming in and we also provide the legal and mediation service as well to individuals Right, now before we move on to the, the next snippet from uh, the video, we, you, you mentioned you celebrated your 40, 40 years yeah. and you had a, 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 an evening downstairs. We did, and, yeah. Um, our, our president. Yeah, we had. How um, did, yeah. How did it go? It was how great. Was yeah, yeah. We pretty missed it, and um, it was lovely. We had. Um, we were really lucky to have um, President Michael D. Higgins came out um, to the Civic Centre here in Coolock to celebrate it with us. Um, so um, we had um, a lovely event. It was um, a lot of the people who used to work in the law centre and who were involved with it over the years, and a lot of the volunteers that still um, help help out with the centre's work um, we're all here um, and President Higgins gave um, a really a really excellent speech um, it turned out that he had been very interested in the law centre from the very outset um, because he was um, you know he was close to some of the people who would have been who would have set it up initially um, and he's always had a great interest in you know public interest um, law and social justice issues um, so yeah so he was very you know, complimentary um, in his speech about the law, uh, or sorry, the work of the the centre over the years and the importance of it in the community. Um, so he so he spoke, and then we we showed the film um, that you're playing snippets of today, John, um, downstairs as well, um, and it went down really well. Um, and then we um, we just yeah we we finished off the night then with um, a few uh, refreshments, and it was a really it was a really nice way to mark the the forty. Anniversary. It was, yeah, it was great that uh, Michael D attended, and it shows the importance of the the, the centre. Absolutely, and you know, um, we had uh, on our thirtieth anniversary then ten years ago. Um, President Mary McAleese um, came out uh, for the 30th anniversary and for the 20th anniversary we had President Mary Robinson so there's a bit of a pattern emerging of presidents coming out but it really does show the importance um, of the the work that we do and, and the, the regard that it's held in. This is fantastic. Right, we'll move on now to uh, another snippet and you can comment on that then. First of all, just to pin it down, this was in the 60s, long time ago, and there was a conference in Trinity on legal aid. And that came from a notion which was started in the United States by the Johnson administration on the war on poverty. And the whole notion was bringing the services to the local community and particularly communities that were poor and couldn't afford to pay for the sort of advice and legal services that they required. So the whole notion of the Neighbourhood Law Centre was established at that stage and the aim was to tackle inequality by educating poor people of their legal rights and organising them to lobby for these rights. 
that was really uh, just repeating what you've already said. Is there anything yeah. there you'd like to comment yeah, on? Yeah, just, just to say that, that um, the woman speaking on that clip is, um, her name is Sarah. She um, was married to Dave Ellis, who was uh, a really long-standing um, and really important figure in the history of the, the law centre. He worked for, um, he was the community legal officer with the, the what was then Kula Community Law Centre and he worked for the centre for um, for 20 years and I think um, in a later clip Sarah talks further about him so and he was a local man yes yeah yeah so he would have been there at the very outset of establishing the law centre and building up links with the local community organisations and with individual individuals and he had a really um, I suppose kind of a radical um, attitude to, um, to to law and what it can be and what it should be for people that it shouldn't be something that's not accessible for, for people it shouldn't be in language that people can't understand um, it's everyone's and um, you know it shouldn't be it shouldn't be kind of uh, looked at as something that uh, is just in the four courts and as all these barristers arguing about um, it belongs to all of us and that was that you know Dave Ellis was very was very strong on on that point. Was he actually the founder of the, the law centre? Um, he was the law centre was actually founded by um, members of FLAC, the Free Legal Advice Centres, um, and um, he was involved in the at the you know at the outset of it. Um, he was. Um, you know, he he was certainly in the in that in that um, you know one of the one of the founding members, and was then employed by the law centre. We'll move on now to um, another uh, clip, and if you'd like to comment on that one as well. I'd have been lost without him when I first came into the Coolock Law Centre, seeking some help in relation to getting me home. I was terrified, and. After having a conversation with the situation I was in, she reassured me that she would write on my behalf. And I went from there and made me feel very at ease. It took a long time, took over a year, but it was worth it in the end. It changed my whole life. They really have, yeah. I owe them so much. So that clip, it's it's a really nice clip, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean that that woman is is talking about. She's a recent client, and um, she's talking about the the problem that she had was was a housing problem, and you know this is the kind of thing that we see coming into our clinics every Thursday evening, and it's exactly the kind of you know work that we do day to day, um, and I think it's important to say that often you know when it comes to people maybe dealing with the local authority or dealing you know with um, um, you know the the social welfare services um sometimes people don't see these um see you know see any issues that they might have as legal problems or legal issues and as something that um the law center can help them with so i mean in certain cases we we do take on representation of clients and we you know we would go to court on their behalf and all of that but just as much as that we would um support people in um you know attending you know social welfare appeals hearing like i talked about earlier or writing letters on people on people's behalf like this client spoke about 
out there. Um, so it's very, very, you know, day-to-day issues that we deal with. Um, and, you know, I think that's very important to, to get across. Um, we're here, we're here um, in the community and um, we're very, you know, our doors are open for people with any of those kinds of issues. Or even if they want a little bit of guidance or, you know, if they think they know um, what... Um, you know what what the situation is or their entitlements are they can come into the clinic and and talk to somebody that will reassure them and and take them through whatever process they need to go through yeah and you're based here at the civic center and um it's a great building this the, the civic center you also we also have mabs and citizens information yeah, exactly yeah. would you work in tandem with mabs and citizens information would you get referrals from those organizations yeah we would work with all um with all the other um you know, kind of frontline organisations, I suppose, um, in the community, and um, it's really important to um, to make sure that everybody's resources are are being used efficiently. You know, and the best way to do that is to stay in touch with all of these other organisations, so you're not kind of doubling up on work, um, and that you kind of have a very um, unified approach, kind of when supporting people. Right, oh, will we uh, move on now to a, an, another snippet? One of the, well, there's certainly some cases that stand out. The McCann case in particular was a case very close to my heart. This is a case where we got a declaration of unconstitutionality of the law that governed the committal of people to prison for failing to pay their debts and that was certainly one of the highlights of my career and there were many other cases during that time as well where we achieved similarly important results not just for the individual clients themselves but that really impacted on the wider community. Now, so that clip is, um, that's uh, Colin Daly, who's now Judge Colin Daly, um, speaking on that clip there. Um, Colin was the um, CEO, the managing solicitor of the Law Centre for um, a number of years and um, was kind of at the helm of the Law Centre when, um, at the time, at a time when it really expanded um, and at at a time as well when um, the mediation service was set up and um you know the that the law center kind of you know went into new areas and um certainly expanded in in um the you know the the uh, catchment area and all of that so um and he's talking there about um about a, an important case um that the law center took on behalf of a woman who um had a, had a debt and um had been imprisoned because of the debt um so obviously this these issues of debt and housing and all of that they all kind of interlink all the time and you know we're now in a time when you know people people's family ho- homes are being repossessed and um we do get people coming into us for support you know around around um that kind of terrible set of circumstances especially around christmas and that it's a real source of of extreme worry for people we talk a lot about homelessness and it's mm. increasing all the time this family's been made homeless and mm. uh, would you negotiate with banks now for instance well yeah we we do um we do take on some debt cases we would we would kind of um uh try and protect our clients um position and their rights as much as possible so we'll use any avenue to do that um and if if um possession proceedings will say if a bank has already tried to repossess somebody's home 
the difficulty that those people are in is that they're not entitled to legal aid for you know t- in those in those types of court cases, um, so that's a huge issue um, for people you know who are obviously in in great are very kind of stretched financially in the first place, and on top of that, then when they can't access legal aid, um, it's a real kind of inequality of arms. You know, you have the banks with all of their yeah. financial resources and all of that versus an individual who has no legal support. Yeah, and the banks would have legal departments and top-notch uh, exactly, solicitors yeah. and lawyers. Will we go to another snippet? Yeah. yeah. And the mediation service gave us the ability to work through a really, really hard time in our lives. And, you know, as I said, I'd be forever grateful for the time and the work of the volunteers because the fact that it's completely run by volunteers amazes me. But I think that without services like this, people in my position would would, would just find it very, very difficult to, to sometimes survive or get by. Uh, that chap mentioned there, uh, he was very amazed that it was run completely by volunteers. Mm. Is that still the case, Jane? Uh, with the mediation service, yes, it is. Yeah, um, we have volunteer mediators. Um, a lot of our um, the people who um, staff our legal advice clinics as well are all volunteer barristers. Um, so we're really, you know, we're really lucky in the amount of volunteers that we get um, to to support the service um, and to be able to keep you know, something like a, like the Legal Advice Clinic running for all of these years, every single week. It's never been cancelled yet. Um, so, um, and it's, you know, it's it's very, I mean, for people who, um, you know, kind of have their own professional lives, be they, you know, lawyers or mediators, um, it's very fulfilling for them as well to, to put in time like this um, to, to volunteer with our services. And it's also really interesting, um, you know, um, a lot of the volunteers that I would talk to, they say that it's you know the the work that we get that they get here is a lot more interesting sometimes than their day to day work. So so um, so that's great. Yes, yeah, so we're very lucky with them. And it can be very fulfilling as well if you're helping people out and you you see the results of uh, very yeah helping people very yeah. And sometimes at the the legal advice clinic, um, you know, I I work on it myself, and um, you know, sometimes the person a person might be coming in and might you might be the first person that they've ever spoken to about whatever legal problem or pro- general problem is worrying them, and it's um it it is very fulfilling to be able to kind of even put them at their ease and to refer them to the right services and to um and and to you know kind of inform them about their rights it's it's um it's a great service i think for people and talking about volunteers what sort of training would a volunteer go through before so we would, for example, our legal volunteers and the barristers that, that would volunteer at our clinics, um, we would have regular um, sessions with them regarding the kind of issues that would um, come would that we see as kind of important ones to be looking out for. Um, they would also be um, practicing barristers, and so they would practice in these particular areas in their in their kind of day to day work um, as well. So um, they're professionals of a very high standard you know and the mediation volunteers would they, would that be the same yes yeah so. yeah so um you know there there i mean there's there are regular courses and um regular you know check-ins with volunteers and all of that and um there's i mean the the 
the service as a whole now has been has been kind of um, running for so for so long now. We've you know I mean we've um, with the 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 barristers that we have we had for example at the 40th event the other night we had um a lot of very senior barristers who who had started off when they were when they were starting off in their careers had been involved here in the in the law center um you know uh, people who are now judges and and all the rest of it would have would have started off giving a bit of time to the law center which is which is nice it's, it is fantastic that people are willing to give up their time and yeah uh, and and have such affection for the place, and you know, um, even after all the years, you know that um, they a lot of them would still kind of continue to support us and the work that we do, and that's really important for us to keep going, you know. And the law centre and mediation were actually separate up until a short while ago, and you both amalgamated. You're now in the same, the same office. Yes, yeah, we're all in the in the same office. So it's um, it's um. With community law and mediation is, you know, a legal and mediation service, and um, we, um, yeah. So we offer. I mean, we offer both both ways of doing things, I suppose, um, uh, to to people who come into us, um, and uh, the mediation service would have um, started um, as a project of the law centre about 10, 11 years ago now. The, the 10th anniversary was last year, actually, so eleven years. Um, so so yeah, so we're we're very much um, we're very much you know the the one organisation, and um, it's the same in Limerick as well. There's now um, a small mediation service there as well so it's it's another of the services that that community law and mediation offers so there's a wide range of uh, t- things you deal with like mm. you, you, as you just mentioned housing problems and court cases and then mediation would uh, could be a, an argument between neighbors yes yeah yeah and um you know community community mediation is um is you know a big focus um and we do i mean you know uh, we we do discrimination cases as well we we do um that comes in under the equality act so um under the employment equality work that we do so um we we really do and with the the community education side of things as well we would um do know your rights uh talks so we do those kind of for local local organisations and local groups. So we're very kind of engaged and we have our fingers in a few pies. <laughs> so, um, But I think that's the best way to go about it because it's never an easy solution, you know, trying to deal with a, a legal need in an area. It, you know, you have to kind of go about it in a few different ways, I think. So you're talking about outreach as, mm. as well, going yes. to schools and different organisations. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very interesting. Do you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, it's a it's a great job to have. I'm very lucky. Um, it's very, as you said earlier on, it's a very fulfilling one as well. Um, and it's just you know, it's it's a real um, honour to be to be involved in an organisation with such a, a proud kind of history and um, you know such a an involvement in in all of everything that I've been talking about there. You know, it's it's really great. We'll move on now to uh, another snippet. So here we go. 
David qualified as a solicitor in 74 and moved to England to work for Harleston Advice Centre in London. And that was a very similar sort of working class community to the Northside community. And they used community development approach as well. So on returning to Ireland in 77, it was a natural choice for him to join the community law movement with the same objectives that is of empowerment. His vision was always to work with people and to provide legal services in a way that people could identify with. In other words, he spoke legal language in the ordinary plain language of the people and he was very committed to that both in what he wrote and in how he dealt with people. Uh, that's a, a very important point there. You made it earlier as well, that speaking in a language that uh, the, the ordinary person can understand. Yeah, really, really important, I think. And something that's lost um, a lot of the time, I think, you know. Um, we would, you know, often have people coming in with, they get a letter in the door and, you know, um, because they the, because of the language in the letter, they can't, you know, it's it's difficult to understand. It's difficult, sometimes it's, difficult, you know, um, even for lawyers to, to try and wade through it, you know, um, and that's very, um, that's very frightening for people um, and I think it really alienates people from, from the law because you know, remember the law is something that we all vote in, you know we, well, we don't necessarily vote it in but we vote in the people who make our law, so it shouldn't be something that's removed from the people um, and that's really, really important in our work as well, Um because there's not, you know, it's it's not only kind of um, financial barriers that people would experience when it comes to, we'll say, getting legal services. It's also, you know, social barriers. It's, um, you know, people people feeling um, people feeling kind of disempowered and separate from from the law, um, and they don't see it as something that is theirs to be used and to protect their own rights. You know, um, and you know that's that's uh, again, Dave his wife talking about his involvement with the law centre there and um, as I said earlier on we're very lucky with the kind of people that have been um, devoted to and involved in and worked for the law centre over the years and you know even at our 40th event there last week um, you know it was it was really uh, you know um, it was really wonderful to see all of the staff of the law centre now and how much effort um, everyone went to and how um, how personally invested everybody is in in the law centre um, you know in, in organised an event like that and in doing in, you know in, in doing the kind of day-to-day work that they do and in making the law centre um, somewhere I think people you know are not afraid of coming to and um, it's quite a it's quite a, a friendly welcoming place I think which is the way it should be. We'll move on now to uh, another statement I think we're nearing the end, end of them. Mm. Community law mediation services empowers communities. More often than not, communities don't have the financial resources to pay for private legal representation. Through the support of of this service, people and organisations feel supported with legal, family and other issues. Care to comment on that? One? Yeah, so that is um, uh, Anita, who is who works in Doris Bui, which is um, just around the corner here, um, and they uh, work with um, with single parents and they support families um, in the area. And that's just an example of you know um, what we try and do 
is we try and work with organisations like that, you know, give them training, um, the people who work there, so that they can recognise when there's a legal issue and that they think that the law centre can help with. Um, and we would also um, try and do try and stay connected with, with the community organisations so that we kind of know what's going on in the community as well and we know the kind of supports that people need. Yes, I've interviewed Doris Bui on uh, a few occasions, had to be in, and uh, it, it's a great organisation. It is, great, brilliant organisation. Actually, they're running a raffle at the moment for Christmas, so if anybody sees any of their um, their uh, tickets lying around, support them. On that. Oh, I'll have to give them a shout, yeah. give them a bit of publicity <laughs> for that. OK, we'll move on to another one now. Well, without your assistance, I don't know where we'd be right now. I couldn't afford to hire people with legal abilities to deal with our situation. And it was more than that. Your association are not in the business of profit. So therefore, anything you do, you do with kindness and with support. No, so that's um, that's again uh, Josie. We'll call her. So the client that um, started off at the or at the beginning of the program um, or of this segment, and um, she was talking about um, her grandson and um, how she she didn't want him to go into foster care, and she had the difficulty in accessing the guardianship payment. Um, so she finishes up the film uh, for us, and um, you know she was very eager to get across um, how important it was for her to feel supported you know she had felt very isolated and very alone in her situation um, and she she really got that support from the law centre um, and you know she was able to go on with her life then you know a lot of the time when people come into us it's it's a temporary um, difficulty they're going through and sometimes these temporary difficulties if they're not dealt with um, can really really upset people's lives so um, she was able to kind of get over that hump, we'll say, with the support of the Law Centre and move on with her life. It's great when uh, people, you've dealt with somebody, you've sorted out a problem for them and they go out of their way to come back and thank you. That's, yeah. that's the fulfilling part of it, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. I got another letter during the week there from a client that we'd helped out during the week and a lovely box of chocolates, actually, um, for the office. Um, and it's really, you know, it really, really is... Um, lovely when people come back and people older old clients would come former clients um i mean by that would come in frequently pop into us and um and just to thank us for for the work that we've done for them and also i mean you know it's important to remember as well that we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to do the work we do either without people without client the clients that we have and without clients being very courageous because it's not easy to um get involved in a court case or to you know take on um you know a, sometimes a big public body or a big organization it's really not easy even if you're if you've got the support of a law center so i mean it's it's the courage and the bravery of the clients as well that it that the whole thing is built on and you meet some uh, great people as oh, well, yeah. along the way and yeah. as you say like it, it takes an awful lot of bravery to actually say right I'm going to take on these guys and absolutely you know. yeah it's easier to say nothing isn't it yeah yeah mm. You know, yeah. It's a big step. I've in a lot of situations that that, that first phone call or that first visit to to yeah. to an organisation is the biggest. It is. It's a really really big step. And you know when people you know um, who take that step decide to come into us in the law centre, we're really really conscious of that, and we're very conscious of um, making people people feel comfortable and feel listened to. And you know of course anybody that comes in to talk to us, it's completely confidential. Um, so. 
so they don't have to worry about about um, anybody else um, knowing their business unless they want it to be, uh, unless they, they want us to talk to somebody on their behalf. And everything is non-judgmental. Of course, yeah. yes, yeah. Well, uh, Jane, would you like to give out contact details and yeah, websites? Yeah, so just to say again, our clinics operate every Thursday evening um, here in Coolock, um in the Civic Centre every evening from 6 to half 7. And there's also clinics operating every week in uh, Limerick, in Community Law and Mediation Limerick. You can get those clinic times from our website. The website is www.communitylawandmediation.ie. Our phone number is... Um, um, 018477804. Um, you can see the film that we've play, played excerpts from today um, on the website, the, front, the homepage of our website, and you can also access our most um, recent annual report there as well, so you can read up on the other work that we've been doing. Well, once again, Jane, thanks very much for coming in to me. It's always very, very interesting talking to you. And uh, if I don't see you, have a very happy Christmas. You too, you too, and to everyone at near Oh, can I just say as well, actually, um, we were talking about the, the 40th event there and the film and everything. And just to thank everyone at Near FM for all their help um, with that, as always. Um, you're um, great to have down the hall to assist us with all of... all of. Um, we're always coming, asking for things. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's great. Thanks to everybody for that. Okay. Thank you, Jane. Thanks.